0: You are tuned to the Nighttime Podcast, focused on the fringe of Canada. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the next episode in my weekly Keep Canada Weird series, in which my pal Aaron and I dig into some of the most interesting Canadian news stories that have been playing out. In tonight's episode... We have another mixed bag for you. We're going to revisit Hockey PEI's nonsensical handling of racism. We're going to learn about a lost cat, some problems with PEI potatoes, and then we're going to call a couple Tim Horton locations and try to get to the bottom of these Justin Beaver tidbits. So let's get to it.
1: How have you been? I, you know, other than you know being bored, I'm pretty uh, pretty good, man. Um,
0: why are you so bored? Is it because of Are you self isolating because you've been a close contact? No, 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 no. I don't follow public health measures. <laughs> good. Then why are you bored? Mm-hmm. Just because you have no one to. Oh,
1: I'm just working from I'm working from home, and uh, you know, all my shows are shut down, so I'm just kind of. Uh, Yeah, I'm home with the cat and he's he's sick of me. He really doesn't want to talk to me or see me ever again.
0: Yeah, I guess um, you're one of those entertainer types that like your life really changes with the pandemic. For me, I hardly even noticed anything different. The only thing I've noticed is that everything takes longer when I go places and everything is weird. But for you, it's like your life, I guess, is upside down because people aren't sitting around at plays and such.
1: Yeah, so my my evenings are a bit uh, different than they, what they normally would be, but hopefully it'll open up
0: uh, soon. Mm-hmm. Well, and I kind of you know, hope it life... doesn't, because theater's loss is uh, nighttime podcast listeners' gain. You're one of the most selfish people I've ever met. Well, there we go. No, I hope it opens up. The pandemic is about more than me personally, right? It's about fifty percent you, and it's about fifty uh, percent everybody else. Yeah. Okay. That's how, how I see it. Um, mm. you up for keeping Canada weird again by exploring the week in weird news and maybe getting a little freaky in a good way. That's cool. No, in YouTube a consensual
1: later. way. Yes. Let's get
0: <laughs> freaky. Uh, we got to start with an update. So we, since we just started this last week was our first one, I, I kind of thought there would be situations where we have to do updates on prior stories. Uh, we're going to start with that tonight. Um. Oh yeah,
1: it's it, that that makes this really episodic uh, live streaming, which is very exciting.
0: Yeah, to connect it together, but I think this is an update uh, we saw coming. So we're starting with Hockey PEI's update. We knew an update was coming here. Hockey PEI has said
2: it's sorry for the way it handled an act of racism between two teams back in December. And within that apology announced yesterday, the reversal of an indefinite suspension for a junior B hockey player who spoke out against it.
0: I'm feeling pretty good. I'm I'm happy that I got news that I'll be playing again. Uh, Just to get people caught up, as we we talked about this in the last episode, is uh, um. An anti-Asian slur was made by one player to the other. The other player's teammates slashed the guy who made the slur. Both the guy who made the slur and the guy who did the slashing received two game suspensions. The guy who did the slashing made a post on Facebook criticizing the organization for the way it handled racism. They didn't like that he spoke out against them on Facebook, so they permanently banned him from hockey uh, Mm -hmm. in the province. Um, It appears that the appeal process for... Hockey PEI involves going on every news outlet in Canada and talking about how foolish uh, Hockey PEI is, which is an odd appeal process. But uh, Keegan Mm -hmm. Mitchell, the 20 year old, um, for the rest of his life, if you Google his name, you will find a bunch of articles about how ridiculous Hockey PEI handled this. No, no. They're just like, please stop talking about this. Uh, please leave us alone. Yeah, we're going to take it seriously. We take it seriously. I, I can only imagine that it was like some junior low-level person within Hockey PEI is like, oh, he said something negative on Facebook about us? What, what is our rule on that? Well, it could, it could be an in, indefinite suspension.
2: Mm-hmm, yeah. right, draft so the letter. Let's, let's, let's get it out. not
0: think anymore about it. Let's <laughs> suspend this person and then... You know, we'll look like complete morons. It's great. They put hockey PEI on the map. Uh, what What is the update with the, the player who said the anti-Asian slur? What What does he get?
1: I didn't see a, like, a specific update oh. on... A furthering think, of the suspension for that player did it was there
0: i just found it yeah further down the article it says the organization faced criticism for its ruling on the 19 year old player who made the anti-asian remark his initial two-game suspension was changed to a five-game, five-game suspension,
2: suspension. Fall, is, which falls yeah.
0: more in line with hockey canada guidelines
1: Well, well, yes. Yeah. So that way they can blame Hockey Canada versus taking all the blame (laughs) themselves for the disastrous situation they got themselves into.
0: Yeah. So do you think at this point, like a change of tone for Hockey PEI, does that save them or are you forever? Well, they should have.
1: The five games still seems like a minimal suspension to me. Like, you know, when you look at Mitchell, who is suspended for life for the social media comments. Mm -hmm. And then all they did was bump the racial slur player from two games to five games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Seems um, still kind of weird to me, but
0: yeah. um, The suspension is weird, but what it does is this whole situation really highlights a bigger issue way further up than what's happening on the ice. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the young man, Keegan Mitchell, who again went on every media outlet in Canada it seems to talk about this Um, I think he did an amazing job of standing up for a teammate standing Mm -hmm. up for what's right and shining uh, a flashlight on a really ugly issue that is not unique to hockey PEI so no no but they'll certainly they'll certainly take the lead on it well, they're going to have to now because they were really like held to the fire, and and I'm glad the fact that it got to that point it
1: shows the ineptitude of hockey mm-hmm. PEI.
0: Yeah, so we can move on from from that, and hopefully we'll never have to talk about hockey PEI again. Mm-hmm. Um, so for our episode tonight, I have a few things planned. We talked about this beforehand. We picked out a couple different articles from the week and weird news um, that we would talk about. And uh, we have uh, maybe guest, maybe correspondent that's going to join us a little later, um, possibly uh, Chris Rutkowski, who is a well-known Canadian UFO researcher. He's a professor at the University of Manitoba as well. And just an all-around like fascinating, intelligent guy. Uh, mm-hmm. He's look, he's possibly going to be joining us in somewhere around 15 minutes. Oh, and, cool. then, and then after that, I think we have what I'm going to call like a one-sided, unofficial partnership with Tim Hortons that they know nothing about. Yeah. Is that a good way to describe this? I
1: don't know. Well, partnership is an interesting um, word to choose. but Well, I said one-sided. Uh, yeah, that, that's more called an ambush, I think.
0: <laughs> We're going to ambush them.
1: It's uh, about time.
0: Yeah. No, I'm so done with Tim Hortons as a company. There is no love loss there. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Excuse First, me? we we'll, there's no love loss between us, between and me Hortons. and Tim
1: Hortons. Or not them. They love me.
0: They love your money. Yeah. We'll get into our thoughts on Tim Hortons in a bit. Uh, you brought up your cat earlier. You're a cat. I, yeah, I'm a cat guy. I have a cat. He's, he's my world. Yeah. Well, you actually have an album songs for my cat.
1: Yeah, that was released uh, probably 20 years ago or something.
0: But still, it's, it gives a, a statement about how much of a cat guy you are. Hmm. Um, has your cat yeah. ever gone missing? Um, not this cat, no, but I've had cats when I was younger that went missing, and it's traumatizing, and uh, it's hard to get over, that's for sure. But you've had, and I think every cat owner has had the situation where your cat gets out and it spends a night outside and comes home the next day. Yeah, like if
1: you have an outdoor cat,
0: you know, your cat's going to
1: sometimes disappear
0: for several days at
1: a time. If it's the summer, you know, they're just out exploring and and hunting and doing their thing. But if you have an indoor cat that escapes, you know, whether something spooks it or it's curious about something outside, someone lets it out by accident, Mm -hmm. um, that's a cat that is not... Condition to the outside i guess for the first hour but that's when it's the closest like it's it's usually hiding in the yard somewhere because it'll get very overwhelmed when it gets out there if it's not used to being outside so the first hour is if you don't find it in the first hour it's probably um far away jill is wondering in the chat what my cat's
0: name is what is your cat's name ken tiggs is Ken near First, you there? Ken, uh, want me to get him. Go grab him. And I'll okay. start, I'll start setting you up. You start telling arc. the story and I'll be back. So Ken Tiggs may have escaped at some points in the past, but I don't think he's ever experienced anything like this bad boy from Vaughn, Ontario. This is a story that I found in the news and it just blew my mind. Here's a remarkable cat tale for you. An Ontario woman has reunited with her long lost pet after nearly 12 years.
3: Loli the tabby went missing back in 2010 from its home in Vaughan. Despite
0: extensive searching and crossing of fingers, Loli's owner, Christine DeCastro, eventually accepted the fact her pet was gone for good. Fast forward to New Year's Day and Vaughn Animal Services called Christine who now lives in the Waterloo area. The news was
3: astounding, a stray cat had been found with a microchip identifying her as Loli.
0: I just shared the story of Loli, the cat who was missing for 11 and a half years. They found the cat, it had one of those microchip things and maybe Aaron you can talk a bit about what that is, but that led to them identifying the owner who now lives in a whole different city. And reuniting the owner with the cat. It's an amazing story. Yeah, you can get a microchip for your
1: cat. Um and uh it's just for that situation where if the cat gets found somewhere or lost, you can track it.
0: Um I've never had it done, so I don't really know much more about it. Um I did a bit of Googling and it's a tiny little thing they put like kind of like under the cat's skin, and it's must just be enough that they can figure out you know it's probably just like a a serial number that connects to some database where they can figure out the owner but imagine Mm. getting a call 11 and a half years later i wouldn't even believe it like doesn't a cat live for you know 14 years 13 years
1: um a cat like an indoor cat would live to like you know 15 16 years outdoor cat maybe be 14 years or so
0: or Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Here's how the, the owner describes it in the article. She's definitely a little bit older, a little grumpier looking than she looked when she was a young girl of two, but very much the same cat in every aspect. They asked the the owner, DeCastro, if Loli even recognizes her. And the owner says, uh, it's really hard to tell. Cats keep their cards close to their chest, but she's been loving with me. So I like to think that it's slowly coming back to her.
1: Okay. Yeah, I am. Yeah, the cat probably didn't remember. Let's try to get an idea of the size of my cat here.
0: That is a big cat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's massive.
0: For the viewing or for the listening audience, um, when we do the live stream, we both have our own little rectangle that fits like our heads, our shoulders, our chairs, <laughs> and the room around us. However, when Aaron stands up holding his cat, Ken takes up the entire rectangle. That is Yeah, he's a solid uh he um he's he's got a lot of friggin muscle too (laughs) he's super strong yeah um i don't know if you saw the picture i used of that cat from vaughn ontario looks kind of like him yeah it does kind of look like the similar breed but i'll tell you that cat he like he looks like he's seen some stuff he looks mean oh yeah
1: i was and and that's the thing like it would be so uh, like can the
0: microchip like paint a Google maps picture of where the cat went, you know, wouldn't that be amazing? Well, and it's like 11 and a half years. That's a long time for like an outdoor stray cat. So I can only think that someone must've took it in for a while.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Someone definitely took it in. And then I don't know how it would make its way back, but yeah, it looks like it's seen some dark, dark days. It looks like,
0: um, just looks like it's been to hell and back. I'm glad they're reunited. That's a nice story, and it's uh, like if you got that call, she probably first the new the owner probably had to think for a second, like what are like cat? Oh my yeah. god, I had a cat twelve hey, years ago. And that's the ago. thing without the
1: microchip,
0: it would have been like you would have assumed it was just a similar looking cat. Oh well, it would never be connected. like no. yeah, of course they never would have found anything. the thing. Probably would have been put down the microchip. It's <laughs> like, also um, hard to adopt a you know, with a 14-year-old cat, I'm sure. Um, before we welcome our UFO correspondent, let's go through one other story. Um, yeah. You want to go back to PEI? Let's go back to PEI. Well, I guess a lot of weird stuff has happened in PEI. PEI is taking the lead for coverage so far in this series. Um, this story... It, there's a, a bit of kind of back legwork I'll, I'll do on the idea of, well, first of all, we should explain for people who don't know PEI well is a significant portion of the economy in PEI is based on agriculture, specifically potatoes. PEI is mm. I don't know what it is about PEI, but it's famous for its potatoes. I believe it has something to do with the soil. When you go to PEI, yeah, the it's dirt, the red soil. Or yeah. Whatever, the dirt is it? different. It's unlike anywhere else you can. And, and PEI is not even far from Nova Scotia, but Nova Scotia, like are, if you dig a hole, you find like brown and dark brown and like black dirt in yeah. PEI. You find like, just like this, like bright reddish orange dirt. It's like a different thing. Um, I don't know, I'm sure like someone who knows geology and stuff could explain that, but I've always been interested by that. I go to PEI every summer and when I come home, I bring, uh, I, I collect some like rocks from PEI that have that same color and bring them home and I have them all in my backyard around my fire pit to remember the good times in PEI riding crappy roller coasters, which is about all you can do there as a tourist. Um, oh well there's there's it's it's very flat
1: too so i wonder if that has anything to do with the conditions that are prime for
0: growing potatoes um, regardless it's that that could be it but it's peis or, or potatoes are big business in pei if they can't sell potatoes the island would be in big trouble it would just be like if all of a sudden like vegas couldn't have tourists you know, mm. like, it's like, that's what they're so much of the economy is built around. And there's this, there's this uh, problem that can happen with potatoes that I don't know the the scientific name for it, but people simply call it potato wart. And it's a type of fungus that can infect a crop of potatoes. And it's, it's pretty common in parts of Canada for people to get it like in their yard. Like if you're growing potatoes in your backyard and you're not yeah. using the sprays and stuff, you may get this. Potato wart, which has all these these kind of nasty things grow on your potatoes and make them inedible, but it spreads from one potato to another. So if you get it in your crop, you know your crop is doomed. Um, in the potato industry, it's something they test for often because if there is, you know, the regulators would have a big problem because they don't want it to be shipping potatoes with this germ on it to other places and spreading it around. As well as these big firms, if they get Potato wart in their field, they could lose, you know, millions of dollars of potatoes or whatnot. So, what happened just over the last couple of weeks, or maybe the last month or two, two separate firms in PEI had tested for this potato wart, and these two separate firms both found both were shown to have traces of the potato wart.
2: Potatoes are the lifeblood of Prince Edward Island and the vast majority of them, almost a half billion dollars worth per year, are shipped to the United States. So a sudden ban on PEI potatoes in the U.S. is a shock to the island's livid premier. This is devastating news Uh, and I think what's most devastating for farmers across Prince Edward Island, family farmers, is that uh, this is being inflicted upon them through through nothing that they have done. The ban stems from the discovery of this fungus called potato wart in two PEI fields whose spuds were never meant to leave the island. Potato wart can leave potatoes disfigured, but it's not considered a threat to human health. The most shocking part to Islanders is that their potatoes are being outlawed not by American officials, but by the Canadian government. Minister Bebo calls it a temporary suspension to prevent more damaging long-term measures from U.S. officials. Premier King says the government is overreacting.
0: A knee-jerk and wrong headed decision by the federal government.
2: Others agree.
0: You target the specific farms that are having some issues, specifically not the entire island.
2: Premier King says PEI potatoes are under attack. The best doggone potatoes in the world isn't just a lyric in a song, it's the foundation and bedrock of our industry here in Prince Edward Island.
0: What has, what the reason we're talking about this is this stopping of the exporting of potatoes have led to a huge amount of potatoes sitting around in PEI, probably about to be thrown away, although they're good potatoes that are packaged and bagged. In comes a hero from Montreal, and somehow the press finds out about it.
2: They are a staple. In fact, potatoes are about as basic a staple as they get. Sam Watts goes through a lot of them, and thankfully right now has a lot of them. Watts runs the Welcome Hall Mission in Montreal, food bank helps about 2,500 people a week. Add to that the hundreds and hundreds it feeds every day.
1: In our kitchens, we're making about 7,000 meals every week. That can use up a lot of potatoes.
2: Now, the fact Watts' warehouse is fully stocked with potatoes is thanks to a donation by this man. Mac Watson is a retired geologist who wanted to help.
0: Uh, let okay. me let me read some of it. The article is: Man pays for 27,000 kg kilograms of PEI potatoes to be sent to Montrealers in need. So here's what it says: A large shipment of PEI potatoes is being put to use this week in Montreal to help feed those in need, thanks to the donation of a Quebec man. And now they're quoting him. I just thought it w- I'm going to do it in a voice. I just thought it was a win-win situation. Said Watson. Now, now you're making him not from Montreal with that voice. Oh shit! Yeah, I made him like a <laughs> yeah, Cape I'm not... an accent, like a Cape Breton accent. I'm not doing a French accent. That would end up being offensive. So I just thought that uh, to do a win-win situation. <laughs> uh, he donated fifteen thousand dollars in order to cover the cost of buying twenty-seven thousand kilograms of potatoes. Um, twenty-seven thousand kilograms. I don't know what a kilogram even is, but that's a it's a lot. Um let's let's uh google kilograms to yeah. pounds. It's we use the metric system but not with weight really.
1: Kilograms to pounds. So how many kilograms? 27,000. 27,000 kilograms would be 59,524 pounds. That's a lot of potatoes. <laughs> that sounds like a catchphrase from a sitcom that you would be in. Oh boy, that's a that's lot of a potatoes. Line. Anytime, <laughs> anytime, sir. anything. Happens. Anytime the situation gets complicated, <laughs> boy, that's a lot of potatoes, and then the,
0: the studio audience yeah. erupts. Um <laughs> yeah. we're going to take a quick break here, probably one minute, and then when we come back, we're going to have our correspondent on the line. Chris Rutkowski is the lowest-paid correspondent in all of Canada media, as the correspond the UFO correspondent for the Nighttime yeah. Podcast yes. Tuesday Night Series. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Uh, what are What are you drinking there, Chris?
3: Oh, uh, this is uh, important uh, UFO investigation uh, tools and techniques. It's uh, it's absolutely essential. Yes.
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to say uh, important UFO juice. Yeah, uh, juice. Yeah. He found yeah. it at the scene <laughs> of a. Uh, crash landing somewhere of bubbling green stew. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's what it's the
0: propulsion, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Uh Chris, uh, very few people know uh, have their finger on the pulse of UFOs mm. in Canada to the extent that you do. Lots of people say they do, but I think you're the one that uh that we should be going to. What's <laughs> what's going on uh in in U- with UFOs in Canada over the last say month or so?
3: Well, um since uh, the beginning of January, you know, there's been about let's see, <clears throat> I don't know, a dozen, uh, 15, 20 UFO reports. And uh, they range from, you know, the, the pretty banal to some some interesting ones. Some are coming in through nighttime podcasts. Thanks to uh, thanks Yeah, to you. I sent you
0: a few because I have a spot on my website where people can uh, report a UFO. When I get them, I just pass them straight on to you. And yeah, I think I sent you two today, actually.
3: Yeah. So, you know, there's a there's a few uh, uh, somewhere actually from uh, some time ago. People see, interestingly enough, um, as more people learn about places to report UFO sightings, they don't report things that they've just seen. They report things from some time ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so we get reports from, you know, from from years and years ago. But uh, one of the ones that you sent me from uh, Prince George uh, happened on uh, the 14th so uh was that friday eight o'clock at night um uh, fellow took a photo of the moon and a jet streak uh was seen going through it he noticed on the photo um there's sort of a portal or something crazy uh several discs shaped with with lights didn't see with the naked eye but it just showed up in the photo drawback he didn't supply the photo. oh that hurts so Did they? but he probably included so, his contact
0: info so you can reach out
3: uh, yeah, yeah. so just a matter of things that, uh, that have to be followed up upon. No problem mm. at all. So things like that happen. Um, there's uh, The other place is that um, on UFOs Above Canada, which is the Facebook group, people are reporting things and posting photos all mm. the time. Uh, one of the most recent things posted to UFOs Above Canada, also connected uh, with us, uh, is uh, a fellow who saw something Sunday night Uh, I said it was uh, appeared to be a rather large star. Didn't pay it much attention at first. Uh, When he went back 30 seconds later, it was gone. Plain and and simple. And that was uh, uh, what was that at about 9:30 at night. So people are are reporting things. Uh, They're they're slowly trickling in, and it's just a matter of going through you know the various locations where people are uh, tending to report uh, UFOs. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know MUFON has a bunch of cases up as well i think there's about 10 uh cases from
0: mufon and mufon just for people uh, who aren't well versed in the topic that's in uh, like a, one of the more well-known ufo investigative groups that you can report incidents to um yeah a, and they share they share their reports publicly i i, I want to ask you about uh just going back to that one you talked about where somebody looks up and they see what they think is a star and then you know a half hour later it's not there of course stars don't move but what would be an explanation how do you explain that Uh, Well, I mean, it still could be a star. It could be just that a cloud covered it or or something
3: like that. Um, You know, stars over the course of a couple of hours will move, um, uh, you know, as the night sky rotates. So, you know, or the Earth rotates. Uh, So these things, you know, will move slowly and drop down below the horizon. We don't know how high above the horizon this was. Maybe it went behind a tree, you know all that sort of stuff. But there's a whole series of things that you can do to, to try and figure out using detective work. And that's what the UFO investigators do. Curiously enough. um, This goes, sort of goes to your question. Um, I'm currently, one of the other things that I do, some people might know is I do the Canadian UFO survey every year uh, in cooperation with a lot of other people across Canada. Um, But I coordinate that and we enter all the UFO sightings from uh, a from the past year into a database uh, and then we analyze it to see how many cases there were. And last year, there was a, you know, quite a few reports. Uh, sorry, in, in 2020, there were quite a few reports. In fact, it was a, a, one of the higher record numbers. Last year, the numbers of reports seem much, much lower. Now, it's going to take uh, probably until mid-February, maybe into March before we get any results because things tend to take some time to filter mm-hmm. down but uh, it doesn't look to be as high as 2021, in, uh, sorry, 2020 in terms of numbers of UFO reports. And one of the reasons we think this is, is because in order to you know, report, for example, on, uh, from the link to your website that eventually gets to us or to MUFON or to another, some organization, even reporting to Facebook, uh, a lot of these, you, know, you, you tend to, to do it onto a computer. Well, people have apps now. And um, there's no UFO app. Mm. And, and so I'm, I can challenge anybody who's listening to come up with a, an app uh, that would be somehow connected to nighttime podcast <laughs> to, uh, for people to report yeah, UFO I never sightings. thought of
0: that because it, 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 it has to, like the Internet has really changed now where so much of the Internet is kind of stuck on these little islands. Like when, when you go on the Internet, you may be like on Facebook, which is its own thing or on Twitter, but very few people will go to like a website for a sp- specific reason, like a, a, it's spe- yeah. a separate website that exists outside of these kind of isolated islands of internet that you use. Oh, that, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, when I started, I mean, I mean,
3: I'm old. I mean, let's face it, mm-hmm. I'm old. So when I started doing UFO stuff, I was actually faxing using a key punch oh fesco this is not even back. i was actually punching on a key punch machine onto cards and loading the cards into into readers back in the 70s <laughs> that's that's how it's okay. changed even the software that we're using like fortran and and later on dbase and now you know it sits uh, you know we've got we've gone beyond that into machine and, language but you haven't just-
0: figured anything out yet
3: <laughs> no. <laughs> but we do get some interesting results. Like, so we, we see how things have changed over the years. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the shapes have changed. The classic flying saucer is long gone. At one point during the 90s, we had triangles, those are long gone. Um, you know, we, there's a whole series of things that we can show. And it, mostly it's about the, the number of UFO reports that have risen and fallen over the years. And we've had peaks. Mm-hmm uh you know very significant peaks just trying to make some sense out of all the data because when you look at it really uh the ufo reports the sightings that people have and let other people know about uh, are those are the foundation upon which all of ufology all the speculation about propulsion and uh you know whether there's a cover-up and and whether they're reptoids or or mantises or whatever (laughs) it's all based on the sightings themselves and that's data. And if you don't get the data, then you don't have anything. So we're actually looking at the actual reports that people are are filing. And so we have an idea what people really are seeing. And since just since 1989, when we actually started doing this in earnest across Canada, we have something like 22 23,000 ufo reports which is more than project blue book actually collected which um, was an american and, research uh, kind of project the, yeah yeah the the tv show that was so terrible recently It was terrible and, and, yeah.
1: <laughs> but, yeah but i was but looking I mean, forward yeah. to seeing it too but uh, really disappointed <laughs>
3: <laughs> so there's all sorts of uh, stuff and you know that it's it, it's interesting to look at the actual when you look at the actual cases a lot have explanations, a lot are, are incomplete, um, people are making some honest mistakes. There's a lot of people who are just- um, What's the word? Charlatan, and stuff does that like... word ever come up? Charlatan, yeah, yeah, we can come up with charlatan. Uh... Charlatans from
0: Charlottetown? Is that yeah, what you're saying? All from all over. I mean, about yeah, charlatan potatoes. And- <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's let me, okay. Right. Very, very mm-hmm. much. Um, so what are you working on yeah. now? I know you got a book coming out in the not distant future that looks at Canadian military or Canadian defense and UFOs.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was supposed to be out last summer. Um, but uh, the last I heard it, it actually is supposed to be coming out uh, pretty soon um, over the next uh, couple okay. of months. Actually, what's interesting is that I wanted to have it out last summer because there's another book by a Canadian UFO uh, researcher that's coming out in April. Um, His name is Matthew Hayes. The title of the book is Search for the Unknown. And he uh, actually interviewed me for the book. Um, He was doing his PhD thesis on um, the Canadian government's involvement with UFOs. And so he actually went into the archives, spent lots of uh, time in there, um, looked through lots of cases, did some statistical stuff, but really wanted to know what was the philosophy, like what what was going on behind the scenes. So he went through memos and meetings and and all that sort of stuff. Very fascinating book. Uh, His PhD thesis, uh, which is actually available online, is very academic, Mm -hmm. but um, he translated it into modern <laughs> uh, regular people speak uh for this and the book is coming out uh uh fairly soon and my book was supposed to come out sometime in advance of that because it's sort of a companion piece in that i look at the individual cases uh for some of the more curious and more fascinating ufo reports that have been filed with the canadian okay. government uh over the years going back into the 1940s so the the two books together it looks like they're going to be coming out very close to one another uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see uh, how the you know we get a twofer
0: coming up uh, in terms of canadian government well, and UFOs. Uh, i and the other listeners of this show will be looking forward to reading them both thanks for joining us my friend well that's chris Rudkowski. he knows his stuff eh oh yeah interesting he can can talk forever and what i like about like i i enjoy the ufo topic because i like i don't know i like the mystery of it but i also like the individual stories and the people who find themselves in that world but i don't like when it's so bizarre and out there and just crazy i thought chris does a really good job of of entertaining the wild side of it but also adding like kind of like insight and making it intelligent to the point that you're like, Oh, that's an interesting kind of phenomenon that you're describing. Uh, did somebody, I just see a look on your shoulder. Did someone, someone breaking in?
1: Yeah. One second. Oh I'll my gosh.
0: Go. Oh my. Are you okay? Yeah. What's happening? I
1: don't know. The cat's up. this. Okay. All right. <laughs> I just heard this like, weird scratching but it it, he doesn't normally do that up here upstairs he's normally downstairs uh batting his toys around but
0: Mm. i don't know what he was playing Hmm. with so we got one last kind of story to get through this one is it's it's short but i i'm i really like anyone who's up for dunking on tim hortons um
1: yeah, which is
0: yeah. me. Uh, yeah, me too. Let's let's get that out first. Uh, first of all, what are your thoughts on Tim Hortons? Yeah,
1: Tim Hortons. Like I remember when I was a child, um, and how exciting Tim Hortons used to be. And anytime that we were forced to go anywhere with our parents, we were always promised Tim Hortons afterwards. And I distinctly remember always walking into the restaurant the Tim Hortons restaurant and the smell would be very distinct of baked goods and cakes and, and, and donuts and eclairs and, and uh, all these different things that they made in house at the time, but they would be baking all these things out back. And so the smell was so like bakery in there and it was, and it was, they always had really uh, delicious stuff and. Um, and it's changed. But ever since. um The same company that owns burger king i think took them over. yeah they own
0: them now but i feel like the decline isn't with them because i feel with that merger or partner whatever happened when they got bought out by that american or brazilian company i think it's it's been a slow gradual decline since like the 90s i think
1: yeah it was going down since like long before that um but like ever since that company bought them I've been finding it's been, they don't know who they are anymore.
0: Mm -hmm. And and they sell the menu is all over the place. And like, like, I think they lost their way big time, but they also, they don't know who their customer base is. Like when I think of who Tim Hortons is designed for, I think of my dad, who's like the most like simple, basic guy. And he can go in Tim's and be like, I want him, you know, a double, double. And he doesn't have to horse around with like saying like different like I want an Avente medium mocha like yeah, none of that yeah, and yeah. and then if he wants to order something it's like a whole wheat bagel with butter or you know just like a donut that he knows Boston cream donut but now they sell like they're always yeah. trying new kind of fancy things that my dad and like all the people he's connected to would just roll their eyes at like my dad would never want beyond meat sausage biscuit on an egg, (laughs) you know, these kinds of nonsensical things. There's a video I wish I could play. I don't know if you saw it. It was a video going around of two guys going through a drive through together. And, uh, the the young, it's like an older guy in the driver's seat who's the one who's going to be talking to the drive through window and a younger guy next to him and the younger guy's messing with him being being like, I wanna get, you know, a latte frappe or whatever and the guy in the driver's seat is like is completely shocked by like, You're not ordering that. You can't say that.
3: <laughs> the fuck am I not here with you? Besser spot than home. Maybe I should get a latte. A what? No, I shouldn't get one of them latte expresses. Lotties, which something fucking cool. Holy fuck, you're crazy. If you're getting a lot of express, I'm going inside. No, so I'm I... not saying the name. You're getting a medium coffee or something. That's what you're getting.
2: Just ask for a But then you
3: harder through the window when I get up to the fucking cash thing here.
2: I get mixed up saying it.
0: Well, what do you expect me to do? You got that fucking machine on? No. You fucking shut that off or I'll kill you. There, it makes it no. over complicated. For the average person, yeah, I just wish they would stick to what
1: what they can master. Mm-hmm. You know, like master that and slowly branch out. But like back in the day, it was just donuts and coffee, um, and and that's what they mastered. And then they had a few
0: other items that made sense around mm-hmm. donuts and coffee. Um, they had little like kind of like tastier like cakey kind of things It meant they, yeah they had actual cakes like their black forest cake that they used to make oh, was yeah. awesome and they had a section they called it the fancies like they had the big long eclairs that were a killer the
1: eclairs and gingerbread men and uh you know things that then they were really good
0: and they were made fresh like right there mm-hmm. and and the coffee was good. Um, and they too. mastered that. And I think, yeah, I yeah. don't know. There's been lots of rumors I've heard about. They changed their beans or they lost the contract to their beans. They had forever, but I do find whatever weird, it was. It's, I don't know yeah, what the truth is, but I find their current coffee is unappealing to me where that was, the, but it was always my favorite growing up. And I just, I don't like it now. It's always yeah. my second choice. Um
1: No, oh, I it's, it's the, it's the lowest on the list whenever I'm, um, looking to get like a takeout coffee. Um, Tim Hortons is at the bottom of the list. I don't, it's the logistics of Tim Hortons is the only thing that brings me they're back. They're everywhere. Because and- they're everywhere. So it's like, it's inconvenient for me to drive across town to a Starbucks or whatever. Um, thankfully McDonald's is more readily available or just as
0: readily available because their coffee is, far superior to tim hortons oh absolutely and their cups are better that's always my complaint with tim's oh the cups are phenomenal yeah, tim hortons cups are like you they're the worst cups they leak all the time i hate getting oh they're brutal i, I feel like one out of one out of every five coffee end up with me in my car with like i look down at my jeans and i got like my like a bunch of brown circles everywhere from the stupid lids that they put on them We're, yeah and that's not the coffee but i know what you mean <laughs> um and i won't even get started on their food not so much not even like the selection ever changing and the beyond meat weird stuff that i don't know who even wants that like what vegetarian i don't know any vegetarians that are like i really want like a a sausage kind of like thing that tastes exactly like sausage yeah like a vegetable sausage
1: from tim hortons like again like (laughs) you go to the farmer's market for that you don't go to tim hortons for that. like you go to tim hortons for a coffee and a donut or a coffee and a bagel like oh. why there's you know selling and they finally made the switch like if there's one food that they could have mastered early on it was breakfast mm-hmm. right but they failed for yeah, years on they didn't breakfast have breakfast with <laughs> the shipped in microwavable eggs when they finally like got into breakfast sandwiches it's like what's taking you so long mm-hmm. why are you like so slow on this And then when they finally bring out breakfast sandwiches, it's the yellow nuclear egg that was shipped in from (laughs) God knows where that is reheated in the microwave. And it's like around the corner, McDonald's has mastered the breakfast. It's the real egg. Yeah, it's like an egg. A&W has mastered the breakfast. It's so simple, but like yet so complicated to Mm. them. Like it just blew my mind. It's like, why are you doing this? And they finally switched now to the real egg um the poached egg or whatever it is good doing. for them
0: but um we're not the only I, too little too late too little too you're late. getting heated i don't often see you heat it like this um but you're not the only one who's unhappy with tim hortons i'm going to read you a, a short article here and i think this is just a. I, we don't even need to get into tim horton's um never-ending quest to include canadiana and canadian kind of mythology within their branding like they they really want to, you know that uh that meme you probably see it's uh, the guy oh, I can't think of the actor's name but he's holding a skateboard and he's dressed young and he's like hello fellow kids do you know them yeah, like, yeah. what is that <laughs> what's that meme um anyway no there's i don't pe- know it's hard to keep track of someone screaming it. at me about it uh anyway whatever um tims really wants to appear canadian so things like hockey are a really big deal uh they sell hockey mm-hmm. cards they also want to appear like i don't want to say the word woke but they also want to appear like um you know modern and inclusive and Mm -hmm. all that so they made a big deal of including female players in this year's hockey cards uh an eight-year-old activist does not feel they did a great job so the headline of this article i'm reading a ctv article the headline is tim horton's hockey cards Inclusivity effort disappoints an eight-year-old activist so I'm going to read a bit an eight-year-old girl Mm -hmm. in Ontario is pushing for Tim Hortons to do a better job representing women in hockey after she bought hockey trading cards from the company that she expected to prominently feature female players for the first time because they advertised that but was inspired to activism by how few she got. When Hannah, an enthusiastic young hockey player from a co-ed team in Toronto, was recently going through her dad's boxes of hockey cards, she was disappointed to see it was all men. So when Tim Hortons announced members of, Canada- of Canada's women's Olympic hockey team would be featured in their trading cards, um, Hannah's mother said her daughter was ecstatic. She even marked the day on her on her calendar. In the morning, and that morning we walked into the Tim Hortons near our house, and we opened and we opened them. But of the 45 cards they purchased, only five had players that were women. Um, the daughter is quoted here. They said they were going to feature women, but there weren't enough. So and eventually, I'll, I'm going to skip further ahead, but eventually, the daughter pens a letter. She writes a letter in an adorable like font that kids write and has her parents... That's manipulative,
1: though, that font.
0: It is, but it's effective, <clears throat> and it will always be effective because we all use that handwriting i've written letters in that font it's gotten <laughs> uh so i think this must be her dad who sends he posts the letter on t- on twitter and tags tim hortons do you want to read the letter if you have it in front of you if i do if you don't um i can get it up in a second okay. uh in there maybe you need to be signed into twitter for that to load that's probably what's wrong so here's what the letter says dated january 9th to tim hortons i am very upset because I bought 15 packs of Team Canada hockey cards, which is 45 cards. Only five were women, exclamation point. Tim Hortons said the packs were going to feature women, and that's why I bought them. Women are just as good as men, maybe even better, exclamation point. The (laughs) women deserve for the whole world to know about them because they are awesome hockey players too, exclamation point. It isn't fair because most hockey cards are men, so there should be more women hockey cards and I want to change. This problem should be fixed immediately from Hannah, age eight. And then she ends it. I love the ending. With PS, I love your birthday cake waffle, Tim Biebs. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there's, a,
1: there's two issues at play. It's, it's the, you know, the representation of women in the hockey cards. And the other issue is the usage of explanation points within the family.
0: <laughs> yeah, the because the because the father's
1: well, tweet is riddled with explanation points, and the the letter from the daughter is three to saying, four times
0: more. You're saying explanation. Ex,
1: point. Oh, am I? Ex, ex- exclamation, exclamation point.
0: point. Yeah, ex- mm. exclamation points. And what's you didn't see her letter? I was actually going to comment on this. If you look at her letter the exclamation points are much darker, almost as if she went over them. Yeah. They're like
1: drawn in. Like, um,
0: they're really, uh, exclaimed. (laughs) It's very effective. Um, yeah, that's, that's an issue. What, but as far as the hockey cards, I think they probably just wanted to say, we're going to include women this year. Like it's, I don't know. I, I'm always like with anything Tim Hortons does, I'm going to be skeptical about it. And I, uh, I think they could have – I'm sure they could have done a better job. But that said, it's – they'd, they'd have the Amer- the Canadian women's hockey team. But is there a women's hockey league? I, I, I truly don't know. Like a, that would be equivalent to like an NHL, AHL thing.
1: Um,
0: I don't know. There must be. There must be. But either way, there's like – because the, the women that play on the Olympic hockey team must have been firmed kind of from some other leagues and stuff. So there are leagues. Tim Hortons, if, if anyone wanted to shine a spotlight on these, on uh, like the women's hockey leagues and stuff, you know, Tim Hortons yeah. could have done it. No, But no, I think they just did the bare minimum. They definitely did the bare minimum.
1: Although, you know, five for every 45. Like, I don't know. It's uh, I don't know what the ratio should be. It should be 50-50, I guess. But I think
0: the issue, I think, is that they kind of promoted it that way.
1: Yeah, I guess you, they probably gave the
0: impression that there was going to be more cards than there were. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an issue. But this, again, Tim's always have pie on their face because there's so many reasons to get after them from their bad food to their treatment of their employees, which has been in the news, to mm-hmm. this. But mm-hmm. there is one product that Tim Horton sells that I'm cool with. And I think Hannah from that letter is also cool with it. She ends with, I love your Tim Beebs. Tim Biebs, yeah. Um, the Tim Beebs partnership is Tim Hortons and pop star icon Justin Bieber. That's a good partnership.
1: Is this? I mean, I'm sure it's effective in, in what they're well, looking to do with it, but like. It's good because it's absurd. I don't find it absurd, I find it desperate. Do you think it's de- well? He's a
0: huge star. Like that's an he's expensive... a huge star,
1: but it's just like okay, our product can't do it. Like can't cut it, you know. So we need to like, how do we reach
0: out to and get people to? to, to Does anyone use... know Justin Bieber? <laughs> uh, my, he's my cousin. <laughs> um, well, it, what I think they did, and I'm going to try to explain the product first, is that so they have their donuts, which are I don't know, let's just say 75 cents or something and they wanted to i think they wanted to find a way to raise the price of the donuts so they came up with something called a dream donut which is a more elaborate donut it'll be like a regular donut but it has a bunch of stuff on it and a different Mm. filling and it's just crazier and the dream donut instead of 75 cents is you know like a buck 40. but now when you go to the store there's a ton of dream donuts and not as many regular donuts and maybe that's their way of slowly raising the price and i think they may have wanted to do something similar with timbits and for people who aren't canadian that are listening or watching us timbits are small little circle donuts so well, they're instead called of called donut a big... hole
1: or they're like isn't like the the first name of them donut holes or something or or um donut hole timbits no no like the timbits that they didn't invent the fact of taking the dough and making or maybe they all. did invent
0: that but they used to call them like uh something else yeah well i've heard like people say like it's the middle of the donut but really it's that's just, just like one drop of the dough into the grease and yeah yeah i don't know how you would but, describe Robbins calls them robin's eggs robin's eggs yeah but that that's just they're the total knockoff of timbits um I don't know who did it first, but a Timbit is just like a circle ball of like think of a golf ball made of donut and yeah, it's just the center of a. Of a I donut. think Tim's wanted to come up with a dream donut version of a Timbit, so they found a way to take their regular Timbits and soup them up a bit and raise the price of them a little bit. But I don't think they wanted to – like they've already done Dream Donuts, so they needed to do something cool. Maybe like the hockey player was – Sidney Crosby wasn't available or something. And for some reason, they decided to go to Justin Bieber and they hatched out the idea of doing Tim Beeb, which I also think is a failure. That's the name because instead of Tim Bit – These ones are called Tim Biebs. So they tried to match, you know, Tim's with Justin Bieber, who they call Biebs. Mm -hmm. It bothers me. They haven't called them simply Bieber balls. That's what I call them.
1: Well, I mean, who doesn't want to chew on some Bieber balls, but uh, (laughs) Kyle McDonald in the, uh, the chat said donut holes is the American equivalent. Oh, it is. All right. Thank you. And I was trying to communicate that to you and you really brushed me aside. Um, I thought
0: you were wrong. I thought you were going to- I knew to exp- I
1: could tell. And I'm like, no, I know I've heard that term, donut holes, as like, that's what, that's what they're called. Okay. But
0: Timbits is their version of donut holes. I should give you more credit because I truly thought you were going to start explaining that it's the center of the donut that was like removed. And that is separately. what it is. No, it's not. I thought that when I was a kid. No, it's just like, all they do is- With it, you take it. When they make
1: the donut, they're left over with that piece of dough, so they might as well sell it as that. Are you a donut hole? Yes,
0: that's where it comes from. Have you ever seen a universal thing? No, have you ever seen how they make donuts? They don't cut the center hole out. W- what it is is so there's a big thing of grease, and then you. Well, yeah, batter. that's how they make
1: it. But I'm sure when donuts were made like years ago, like people would take dough and then they'd stomp, you know, the middle out of it, and then that would be the, and then they'd sell the
0: other part as a donut I, hole. I I couldn't disagree more. Um, mm. My dad, we had like this donut machine thing that my dad had somehow, and it was like had a big thing of boiling grease, and then you would just take like the batter, which is like, kind of like pancake syrup, and you just make a circle, and it would just and it would sizzle into a donut. And then you just put a little blob of it and you would make Tim bits. But it would be it would be so much more work to like cut out the center. (laughs) And so um, when you were explaining, it, I thought that's what you meant. You're the you're the only person other than me when I was five that thought that no, whatever. The I'm curious is mixed about this and shaped drop. So you're into... you're trying to figure this out. What are you putting in your Google search? To try <laughs> How to get
2: are
1: that? donut's made? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's um, see. Hold
1: on. Let's see what are donut holes. Okay. What are donut holes? <laughs> are small bite-sized donuts. They were traditionally made from the dough taken from the center of the ring of the donuts.
0: Are you serious? Yeah. Wikipedia. Okay.
1: Yeah that's on wikipedia
0: yeah so
1: if you go wikipedia.org wiki donut donut holes are small bite-sized donuts that were traditionally made from the dough taken from the center of the ring of, of ring donuts is how it's written there but um i think now the way you explain it is how donuts are made now so, before and maybe it was more like a cake and they actually. Before cut the it was just like, yeah, they were just taking the center out of the dough and then selling the doughnut
0: holes separately because they had that extra dough. Yeah, but That's the, my thought about that is why would you even take it out? Why wouldn't you just sell it as a circular cake? Like well, why? because
1: I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's some like traditional reason. Traditionally donuts holes are made by frying. Okay. No, that's not what we're looking for. Okay. Um, But anyway, that's like the, that's the, where they came from, like how they produce them now is probably much more effective and Mm, because they want
0: to make donut holes or Timbits or Robin's eggs or whatever. Wow, that's that's like a something in my life. I remember thinking that as a kid, that's how they made them, and I used mm-hmm. and then as I grew up, I was like, "Oh, I was such a foolish kid."
2: Uh, you you
0: just <laughs> no. blew my mind. Um, but let's get into it here. So, have you tried the Tim Biebs up until this point? No, I haven't. Do You got any with you? I have the Tim Biebs in front of me. Yeah, they come in like a silly little. Case. I, I, I do. I'm kind of cool with the style. I like the pattern, but we both have boxes of them. I bought mine tonight. Um, my son and I, I've had them a few times, actually a whole bunch of times. And my son and I have tried them a billion times. But what I did was I saved. Um, I saved one of each flavor because the Tim beads really what it is, like I said, and getting back to the uh, idea of dream donuts what what it is is like three new kind of timbits that have been yeah. souped up in my box i have just the three remaining flavor or one of each of the three flavors so i thought we'd try them on air yeah i don't know what the do you know what the flavors are
1: no i don't i i just this is my first box of uh, bieber balls okay and uh i know what to do i see three different kinds in
0: here and this is my first time to try them I know what to do because I got the podcast phone. I might as well get to the source. I'm going to call Tim Hortons in. let's go with Cape Breton. I'm going to go with uh, Tim Hortons in Glace Bay. You know the area better. Would you say I should call the Reserve Street or the McKean Street? McKean Street. Call McKean. (laughs) Hello, listeners. Sorry to pull you out of the episode like this, but I want to take a moment and let you know about bonus content I recently posted to the Nighttime Premium feed. If you've been listening to this show for any length of time, you'll likely recall the two-part series I did about a missing child in Nova Scotia named Dylan Ealer. There was recently an update to Dylan Eeler's story that's quite unusual. Dylan Eeler's father and past Nighttime guest Jason Ealer was recently arrested in relation to a fraud investigation. Jason Eeler at present, is facing 33 charges related to this investigation. In the latest Premium Feed exclusive Nighttime Short episode, I tell the story of Jason Ealer's charges. If you're interested in that episode and other episodes like it, they're available now on the Premium Feed. If you're interested in going premium, you can do so at patreon.com nighttimepodcast Again, support the show and get more of it at patreon.com/slash-nighttimepodcast. Just a gentle reminder for anyone on the fence: all annual subscribers of the premium feed will receive a free nighttime swag pack by mail. Now, let's get back to the episode. Tim Street, uh, hi there I, i'm working on a, a marketing project i just wondered if you had a second what, what i was wondering oh if... uh, no i'm
2: sorry we're really busy i can't oh, only oh. Two of us here. I'm busy. oh okay
0: all oh, right thank you okay, Bye. screw the mccain street tim hortons let's see if well, you know what i'm worried that we might get that similar reaction everyone we may call maybe i'm gonna try to just ask them something i'm not even gonna tell them who i am or what although I'm it's pretty late
1: i mean how busy could they be how busy could they, Bieber? <laughs>
0: I'm going to try Reserve Street. Reserve Street to Martin. Uh, I'm just wondering if you could tell me. I, I know that Justin Bieber Timbits, there's three different flavors. And I have them here for my kids. But could you tell me what the unique flavors are? Like what they are?
2: Give me one second. I actually have to look at them to know. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, we have the sour cream with the waffle on them. Okay. We have the birthday cake with the cinnamon.
0: Ooh, okay. Um, and the chocolate one is... I, think it's, I said it backwards. I'm so sorry. The chocolate is the one with the waffle on it. Okay. The birthday cake is the one with the chocolate chip on it. Oh, okay. I All right. Perfect. Are they limited time or is this like a permanent thing that they'll be available? It's actually
2: promotional at the moment.
0: It is. Right. And just one last thing. Are they big sellers? Like, is this a popular item on the menu?
2: It was at first. They're not so much as popular, but they're still pretty popular.
0: Okay. And, do you, and you included like merch with them. People could buy like bags and stuff. Are you still selling the bags and the jooks?
2: Yeah. We have fanny packs. We have the beanies and what's the other one? Hold on.
0: Um, just a little bag. I'm not sure what kind of bag this is. Okay. All right, cool. And if if someone goes into Tim's, they can just buy them? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for telling me about that. I appreciate it. All right. right, Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. What a sweetheart.
1: Yeah, what a what a uh, completely alternate experience that you had calling the Reserve Street versus the McKean yeah,
0: Street. Yeah, like that was nice. Um, but I, I didn't entirely get, so she mixed it up a little bit. So what we have. Yeah, so we have the chocolate has like waffle pieces on it. Yeah, so what they did was they took a chocolate timbit, crushed up some kind of waffle thing. Yeah. And put yeah, it on try it. to. You want to start with that?
1: There's a good, I got a good
0: shot of it here. Okay, let's start with that. Okay, here we go. I find that chocolate is overpowering. I don't taste the waffle. It tastes just
1: like a regular chocolate Timbit to me.
0: With, like, kind of like a dried cookie kind of thing on it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. My favorite Timbit is the birthday cakes, uh, Timbits. Uh, those are so good. So, what? So, that's this one here. Yeah. And it's birthday cake with, like, cinnamon on it, is what she said. Let's try that. This is birthday cake. Mm.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: oh yeah i like that Hmm. Uh, yeah i'm gonna cleanse my palate here uh with some water kyle mcdonald in the chat must be a Kate bretner he told me that that first one we called the mckean street is the busiest tim's is in the, the bay. busiest in the bay yeah <laughs> the second one we had was so much nicer um so now this is the sour cream one is is the remaining yeah and i love sour cream donuts uh, what they yeah. did was, or what Justin did, because they they say it was uh, Justin Bieber and like the head of, um, the head chef or whatever for Tim Hortons got together and came up with this. Uh, they weren't very creative because all they did was they took a sour cream donut and put mm-hmm. chocolate chips on it. Yeah. Let's try it. Hmm. What do you think? Like it tastes
1: you can, like there's a hint of flavor to it, but the birthday cake one seems to be the one that pops the most.
0: Mm, um, I think that's because the birthday cake Timbit pops the most. I think it's just the best. But in terms of distinctive, like, you know, do they
1: taste different from other Timbits? Are they special in any way?
0: you think the birthday cake is my first, my second is sour cream. My third is chocolate. I think you're, I
1: agree. Yeah. Because the chocolate one is just a chocolate timbit. I don't like chocolate, like a chocolate glaze. You know, I like it, you know, I'd like, but it's, I don't know.
0: If I had a box of Timbits at the very end, there's going to be like a plane and a chocolate sitting in there.
1: Oh, we should share Timbits then together because I I usually go for the chocolate glaze like right off the bat. We should share
0: Timbits together. So then you can have all the other Timbits and I'll have all the chocolate glaze. Next time we're in person, we'll do a live recording like this where we can split Timbits without any disagreement.
1: Well, I think a donut podcast is in the mix here because... Yeah, things got heated between us tonight over the whole. Uh, <laughs> we found we found the button. Um, we found the the finally what what what, uh, what, you two what the two of us will will not agree on is is how timbits or
0: donut holes are produced. One thing I I thought about doing for an upcoming episode here is I was thinking like it'd be cool to feature like a unique business to feature in every episode. And mm-hmm. I, I put a, a thing up on my Facebook asking people, like, if there's an odd or weird or strange or you know noteworthy business in your town, let me know about it. And I got a few emails, so I'm going to look into some of this stuff. But um, just to t- so for anyone who's watching or listening, if, if you can think a bit of a business that's really weird, let us know about it. Um, there's one I can think of, but they're not open anymore. And I don't know if you're around for this. Once upon a time in Halifax, there was a, a, a coffee shop. And it was called um, the Explicit Lyrics Cafe. And what it was, was uh, their logo was, you know, like when you'd buy a CD, if it had bad language, there was that thing yeah, like Explicit yeah, Lyrics. Yeah, the they, parental lo- advisory. Uh, yeah, their logo was that parental advisory thing. It said, it said Explicit Lyrics Cafe. And get this, you would go in and there was like, you know, chairs, you'd get coffee, muffins and donuts, just like every other little like mom pa kind of coffee shop. But what their niche was, was that they only play, they, I laugh thinking about this because I, I saying this because I don't know how they came up with this, but they only played music that had bad language. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. You would go in and everyone would be sitting down drinking coffee and it would be like Eminem, like the rapper hmm. or like Snoop Dogg or like heavy metal, like Marilyn Manson, you know, that sort of stuff. And everyone was just sitting around, like listening to music with bad language.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Is that I not mean, the, I like the st- weirdest business? I don't think I put it up as the weirdest business, but
0: it's interesting. Yeah, it didn't last long. I think it lasted maybe six or eight months. And the only reason I knew about it is because it was right behind the apartment I was living in. So we would go like almost as a joke to the Explicit Lyrics Cafe and see like how bad the language was in the music.
1: Well, you might be. Yeah, I mean, the clientele might end
0: up starting to become problematic. (laughs) Yeah. Like that could have shut them down. Um, anyway, well, let's, let's wrap this up, Aaron. We got a lot of weird stories for next week. I already have th- three stories, um, but I have a feeling a lot more weird stuff is going to happen through the week. No, we've got a
1: whole week for, uh, strange events to occur in between now and, uh, Tuesday
0: until next time, Aaron, let's, uh, do your part to keep Canada weird. Do you have anything you're planning to do to keep it weird? Um, you know, like, dress as a clown and stand on the side of the highway.
1: Sometimes? No, no, I'll be, uh, if anybody does that, I'll be watching from behind closed curtains but um i think we should end it up with the new tagline of that's a lot of potatoes i wrote a tim
0: Beebe in my mouth but you took a whole one too like
1: and let me end with a tim Beebe as well
0: a full
2: one in my <laughs> mouth
0: all right all right thanks for watching and listening everybody See you later. I want to thank you for joining Aaron and I for our Keep Canada Weird discussion. But before we part, I have some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing an evening with me and with the listeners of Nighttime. But the most important thanks goes out to everyone who listens to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, the show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But with that said, keeping the show alive is and has always been an uphill battle. So if you want to help take a bit of weight off the show's back, please subscribe to the premium feed. Not only does it make the show possible, it'll give you more of each topic than you're going to find here on the free feed as I'm adding exclusive content regularly. So for about the price of a pack of Tim Beebs, keep the show alive and give yourself more of it at patreon.com slash nighttime And with that said, let me thank the newest supporters of the show, Mimi, Kristen, Valerie, Carrie, and Clara. Thank you for going premium. And for anyone else out there who'd like to support the show but can't do it via the premium feed, you can give me a big hand by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If you have any story ideas or want to give feedback on the show, you can reach me at nighttimepodcast.com or find me on social media. I use Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I'm often live on the Nighttime Podcast YouTube channel. So until next time, take care of each other. Hug your loved ones tight. And let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte.